With me, we're going to do our declaration. We try to make sure we do it before every service. If the old guys will put it up for us. Okay, so say this with me if you would, please. I can see. Okay. Lord, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, give God praise. You may be seated. Well, I'm going to bring the devotion tonight. I'm going to do a XL version. If you don't know what that means, that means extra long version. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I'll just wake you up there a little bit, see if you're paying attention. But no, tonight I'm going to do a little devotion with you. I don't think I'll be too long, but uh, I want to talk to you about something. I want to begin by saying this, this state, making this statement to you. We're living in a time when fear is gripping the hearts of many in our nation because of the conditions of our nation. And some of you because of the conditions that are in your family, some of you because of the conditions of your health. And fear is a real thing that we all of us deal with at some point. But I want to tell you tonight that faith conquers fear. Because faith strengthens, but fear always weakens. Now, I want to pull out my old chain here. I used this in a sermon a few weeks back. And if you was here on a Sunday night, it might remind you a little bit. But uh, I want to uh, remind you just a little bit of what I talked about. And it was, that was a part about how your life is a lot like a chain. That every one of these links here represent uh, influences in your life that you've been connected to with as far as your grandpa, your grandma, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your teachers, your preacher, all those people in your life. And what you, whatever you're connected to, I talked about the power of influence, that you want to make sure you're connected to a good influence because whatever goes, comes to you passes through you. So whatever the influences you have in your life, make sure that they're positive and they're not negative influences because you will pass that down generations to follow you. And I talked about that. And have you heard that this before, that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link? It's an old saying, but it's, it, it has some meaning to it. And I want to kind of talk about more on that subject tonight and not that. It's just another perspective. I just wanted to bring the chain back again to remind you once again that you, your life is like a chain and you're a link in it. But I want to talk to you about being the strongest link and not being the weakest link. Faith will make you the strongest link. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that'll be the strongest link that you could connect to. But fear, when you connect to fear, fear will weaken your life and weaken your faith. I want to talk to you about how we can be the strong link and not the weak link. We become connected to people. As I mentioned that night too, I will say it again tonight, we connect with people through acquaintances. Sometimes it comes from circumstances, and I, sometimes by choice. And I told you the best way to connect to people when entering into a relationship is by choice, is to do it by design, by design, to make sure that when you're going to link up with somebody, you already understand what you're linking up to, and you've already determined whether what your person you're going to connect your life to is going to be a positive influence in your life, or is it going to be a negative influence in your life? I talked about how there is a difference between being friendly and entering into a friendship. I talked about that we should all be friendly, but we shouldn't have friendships with all. Why? Because their influence can be negative to our lives in some situations. And that relationships take teamwork. You must have teamwork. You must have a team church to be strong. But I'm going to talk tonight about our own individual contribution to this thing called relationships. Too often we want to just talk about everybody else and their lack of contribution to the relationship. So let's look at self tonight, and let's be honest, and let's talk about what we can do to be the strongest link in a relationship. 
Number one is be aware of and manage your fears. Fears can be destructive to any relationship. Fact is, every one of us wrestles with some sort of fear, some kind of common core fear is in your life. And every one of us has had some dominant fear that we battle many each and every day of our lives. It's like there is this little voice in your head, and when we respond to it, it in return causes us a negative effect in our relationships. In other words, there is a chatter going on. And even now, while I'm talking to you, that thing's talking to you. There's a four basic forms of fear to watch out for. Now, we can name all day long different types and forms of fears that there are. But tonight, I want to just give you four basic dynamic fears that make us weak. And one of these, perhaps, will be dominant in your life, or all three could exist in your life. But here, here they are. The fear of being taken advantage of. That's a big fear for many people in our lives. The fear of rejection. That plays a big role in our life. It hinders us from doing what we want to do. Fear of criticism. And then the other is insecurity or inferiority. That is a fear. That stuff is in us, if we'll be honest. And it didn't come from God. Because 2 Timothy 1 says, you've heard it said a million times, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Can I tell you today that if there's one thing our generation needs is an inner healing. Because of the brokenness, abuse, and hurt that is going on rampantly in our society today. This generation needs to be made whole. We need God to heal us from the inside out. Because as long as we have hurt people and we have people walking around hurt, and they hurt other people, we must first of all recognize our fears. Say it to yourself tonight. It's true. I have a fear of rejection. Or I have a fear of being taken advantage of. Or truly, I do have a fear of criticism. Or I have a fear of insecurity. Which one is it? Or is it all of these things operating in your life? When you recognize it, then we can deal with it. Here's something else to do that is important to do to help manage your fears. Number two is clarify the facts. Don't go on hearsay or assumptions. Now, here's a fact for you. When fear goes to work in our lives, what we as human beings are quick to do is fill in the in-between. And these fillers are called assumptions. If we hear something or see something that triggers fear, we'll always assume the worst and respond based upon our own assumptions. You respond on assumptions and you will find your life full of regrets for your actions and find yourself sorry for your preconceived ideals. But often it's too late after the damage has done been done. Fear always kicks in our defense mechanisms, and one of those being anger. You respond before you get the facts, and you'll end up making the greatest speech that you'll ever live to regret. Can I ask a question? Why are our assumptions most always negative? They always lean towards the worst results. When are we going to make assumptions? Why can't they be ever be positive? Why can't we ever give the benefit of doubt? What I have learned, unless a person has trained himself to do so, typically we humans most generally make negative assumptions based upon no facts. We make mountains out of mohills. We blow things up in our minds. We react without thinking things through. Why do we do this? 
because we have an atomic nature, flesh and blood always leans to the negative side of things. We're all Adam's children. So we make negative assumptions. You know, the wife gets up on Sunday morning. She puts on her new jacket. She walks into the living room, men. And the husband says, is that a new jacket? To which she has two choices to make for her response. One, assume he likes my new jacket. Or two, assume he is pointing out I've spent our hard-earned money on another jacket. And I'm fixing to hear it now. But for every knowing his intentions for asking, an assumption is made. And the wife responds, what's the matter? Don't you like it? Now, to fill out more about what his intentions are to see if which one of his assumptions was right, this kind of stuff happens every day in relationships. Assumptions. The man stated a fact. He saw a new jacket. And he asked a question, plus stating he recognized it. Period. But it didn't stop there. The woman filled in the gaps with the assumptions, negative-based. If the woman assumes, number two, that he's criticizing, then she mounts her high horse, and she heads into battle. And because he can't get another word out, she explodes with, come on, man, amen me. Yes, it is. Why do you not like it? <laughs> Are you upset that I bought me something? What did you buy last week? I didn't say nothing about your new fishing pole, like you needed another one, and the battle is on. Here he is wanting to compliment and notice her, but now we're in a heated battle before church. What kicked in in her mind? Fear of criticism, fear of rejection. So what happens next? He sees time. He sees her wearing something new, so he says nothing for fear of World War III. But then he's in trouble again. You didn't even say you liked my new coat. You didn't even notice it. Why do we operate like this in our relationships? Fear. It's that little voice that triggers us and causes us to make negative assumptions about things when we don't even have no facts. And we have to say, I will not fear. I will not allow it to cause me to jump to conclusions. We have to believe what God told Israel in Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. Do not fear, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced, and those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who rage war against you will be nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. In other words, don't fear. I'm with you and I'm for you. If you wonder why the Bible talks so much about fear, actually 395 scriptures, perhaps tonight's devotional hopefully reveals why. The Bible repeatedly says, don't fear. Front to back, Old Testament to the New Testament, 95% of what we fear never comes to pass or isn't even true. Over and over again, do not fear, it says. Do not be afraid. The psalmist wrote repeatedly, I will not fear, though a host come against me. Though problems arise and battles rage, he says, I will not fear. See, fear paralyzes. It causes you not to move towards something, but to run from something. 
Why? Because when you fear something, you start acting out of fear. And those subtle fears begin to cause a disruption around you because your behavior is driven by fear. Negative assumptions radiate. Defense mechanisms kick in. All-out assaults are launched. And usually results? Severed relationships. Destroyed based upon 90% of assumptions and 10% of fact. So how do we counter that? You counter that by amplifying your faith. Number one, you manage your fears. And then I said, clarify the facts before you respond. And thirdly, amplify your faith. In other words, turn it up. Turn up the faith level. Turn it up higher. Why? Because fear and faith do, do not mix because faith will conquer fear. And faith has to speak louder than fear to dominate it, to rise above it, to crush your fears. If you're having a conversation and someone turns up the TV louder than you're speaking, you're not going to be able to hear what you're saying, let alone someone else. Turn your faith up, and then you're not going to hear that voice of fear that's speaking to you. Your faith will drown it out, and it will dominate it. Fear and faith are like oil and water. They don't mix. If you bring more faith into your spirit, it will stand up to your fear and it will counter it. Fear locks people down relationally. Faith frees people up relationally. You're free to live. You're free to love. You're free to expect good things. You're free to believe the best about people. When you're operating in a spirit of fear, you can't be the strongest link in the relationship. If you don't trust people, if you're afraid to commit, if you think everybody is just like, if you lack confidence, if you really want to be the strongest link in a relationship, and I believe most do, if you say you really want to be, can I tell you, you're going to have to get over worrying about someone else always hurting you. You've been hurt before. You still remember how it feels. So your defense mechanisms are engaged, locking you up, preventing you from ever having a healthy relationship, from ever being the strongest link in the relationship depriving you and your partner from the fullness of joy. It limits your experiences of life. You can only go so far. Any farther in fear kicks in and because of the unknown. Cause you to believe my best defense, my best chance of never getting hurt again, is not to ever get involved in a relationship again. But yet, you're starving to connect, to fellowship, to feel affection, and you feel trapped. You are. But it's by your own fear. And I'm trying to help somebody to live again. Come on. you got to get over that thing. You, de you determine nobody is ever going to take advantage of me again, so you withdraw from everybody. you got to settle, and you have to accept the fact that everyone's not always going to treat you right. Too many times you don't even treat yourself right. So to avoid healthy relationships is to deprive yourself of a living life that it, to its fullest. Come on. you got, <clears throat> you got to settle the fact no one is perfect, including you. Not everyone is the same. That there is no glory in aha. There it is. I knew you were like the rest of them. Putting everyone under a microscope, there's no reward for that. And I believe too many times we need to clean out from under our own doorsteps first. You got to settle you're okay anyway. You're God's child. You are uniquely created by God. Because when you do, people can say things about you 
They can do things to you. They can be rude to you. They can judge you unfairly. They can lie on you. But you'll declare, if God be for me, who can be against me? That's what I'm talking about. Faith. Faith that says, I'm made more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Greater is he that is me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver me from all. When enemy comes in my flood, my God shall raise up a standard. He that has begun a good work in me will form until the day of Jesus Christ. Faith. You must have faith to conquer your fears. If not, that fear is going to affect and even contaminate your marriage, your friendship, your children, your partnerships, your co-workers. Because when you walk in the room, you only bring to the relationship what's in you. What is in you is what you bring into the relationship. You can't change your past. You can't change others. But what you can change is you. So what's necessary to work on you? Let the power of faith flow in you. Settle the fears down to where you bring the most optimistic, dynamic perspective to every single scenario that you're a part of in life. To where, you know, when you're in a meeting and all you hear is we can't, be the one who says, I think we can. When you're in a room full of people talking about quitting, speak up and say, I'm not quitting. I've gone too far. When you're in a conversation of people talking about losing, Start talking about how you believe you can win. Intentionally be optimistic and not pessimistic. Be known as the one who always has something positive to say about everything. Be the one who builds up, not the one who tears down. Be the one who lifts up and doesn't put down. Be the one who edifies instead of criticizes. <clears throat> now, you'll have to be determined to operate like this, intentionally be like this, but I promise you, your return on your investment will be great, and your influence will radiate. Your positive influence will cause people who couldn't believe begin to believe again. People who thought they couldn't win will believe, begin to believe they can win again. It will cause people who wanted to quit to stay in. When you become the strongest link, your life will be stronger, and so will your relationships. When you learn to put your trust in God, you're going to be okay. And you'll be surprised at the new people God will begin to put into your life. Ask the question, what are you bringing into your relationships? Criticism? Judgmentalist? Sarcasm? Negative influences? When you come to church, what are you bringing in here? Because I can tell you we don't need you to bring criticism, judgmentalism, sarcasm, negative influences in here. Because we have no need of that. And there are churches full of that, and they aren't going anywhere. We hope that you're bringing in here faith, love, peace, temperance, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, the fruits of the Spirit. This spiritual hospital can use all of that that you got. Because the broken, the hurt, the wounded, the sick, and afflicted that walk in these doors need it. They don't need another insult. They don't need another rejection. They're looking for a family that won't hurt them, that will not abuse them. And it's the same at the workplace. What are you taking into the workplace? 
When the doors open in the morning, all kinds of people are walking in, carrying in fears of being criticized today, of being rejected, of being taken advantage of, or a sense of insecurity. What are you, as a strong link, doing to help them? They walk in with those fears that, that stimulate them to attack first before they are attacked. Example, you leave work undone and you're mad and they know it. In the morning, they walk in with an attitude and the battle is on if you say anything to them. These people carry the philosophy, life is like a rat race and I'm the chief rat. I'll chop you up before you chop me up. And all that is driven by fear. It's fear-based. But be a leader. Be the strongest link. Set the atmosphere. Leaders set the tone many, many times. At the home, while kids are at school, and while the husband's at work, the house where you live in is, is peaceful and it's so quiet. There's no strife. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. You think, woo, I better hurry before they get back. Thinking, come 4 o'clock, all kinds of things are going to begin to break loose in this house. Why? Because whatever is in you is what you're bringing to the relationship, the work, the home, or the church. You can't bring any positive thing if everything in you is negative. Let's say you got some positive in you. You still can't bring it if the negative overrides it. You can't bring faith if it's full of fear. You can't bring hope if you're full of worry. You can't bring confidence if you're full of doubt. If you got the chatter going on in here and the fears are not under control and the assumptions are running rampant and you're negative by nature, you cannot be the strongest link in the relationship. You will actually be the weakest link. If this is how you're operating, there is really a principle that I can give you tonight to help you. If fear has gripped you, and you're being controlled by it, and you're not listening to me, what you need is faith, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So tonight, if you're not listening to me, and you're listening to the chatter, this word tonight cannot build your faith. But tonight, if you can turn off the chatter and let this word amplify your faith and hear the word of the Lord, then faith can overcome and dominate your fears. And what you came in here worried about, you can leave here with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Knowing that God is on your side. You can become a whole new you. You can become the strongest link in your relationship. You can be the light instead of darkness. You can be the hope instead of despair. You can be the leader instead of the follower. You can be the strong one instead of the weak one. You can be the warrior instead of the weary one. And you can be the loving one instead of the wounded one. How? By faith. Because according to Hebrews, by faith. Can faith change things? Yes. Faith in God can. See, by faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed God and went out knowing where he was going. By faith, offered up, uh, <clears throat> offered up Isaac as a sacrifice to God. 
By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Sarah conceived a baby at 90 years old. By faith, Moses led the children out of Egypt. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, because they believed in God by faith. And tonight I say to you, let God amplify your faith. Fear holds you, but faith moves you. God is wanting to encourage each and every one of you to pursue healthy relationships. He knows that they're vital to your life. He wants you to have the initiative, though, to want to be the strongest link in the relationship. He wants those who have shut down relationships due to fear to overcome and live life to the fullest. He wants you to be driven by faith and not destroyed by fear. Right now in this room, as I said earlier, every one of us is affected by some form of fear. You know, fear is, is some fear is designed to protect you, such as having a fear of rattlesnakes. You know, you see a rattlesnake, it scares you. You get away from it, you don't get snake bit. But fear that causes you to think everybody is a snake is not of God. Fear is bad when it wars against our confidence in God. Fear should not dominate you. It should not paralyze you. Your faith should dominate your fears. Fear of being taken advantage of. Fear of rejection. Fear of criticism. Fear of insecurity will destroy relationships, even destroy your relationship with God because it will lead to doubt and unbelief. Here's a big one that must be overcome. I'm afraid to love. Some people have taken the stand. I fell in love once, and I got hurt, and I never want to be hurt like that again. Let me open up your understanding to something here. First of all, you might have fell in love, and you might have got hurt. But I want you to understand something. Love did not hurt you. He might have, or she might have hurt you, or what they did really hurt you. And what really hurt you was the rejection. But know this, love did not hurt you. Because love is, according to 1 Corinthians 4 and 8, Paul says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always preserves. Love never fails. Folks, Love does not hurt, nor does it wound. Actually, the truth is love heals. So love didn't hurt you. So don't be afraid to love again. That's for somebody. If you love the one you fear, you will not fear the one you love. God is speaking to us about influence, about choosing right friendships and relationships about renewing our minds, being willing to change, about breaking old mindsets, but now building strong relationships. And all these messages, giving us instructions on how to be a better you, has been done by design, intentionally. And it is work, but the return on your investment is great when we let the love of God shine abroad from our hearts. Our faith is what makes us stronger. 
But it's fear that makes our faith weak and causes doubt and unbelief to overcome our lives. Therefore, hindering our potential, weakening our relationships with God and our families and our friends. Fear plays a big factor in a lot of ways in, in, in a lot of our relationships because it pits you against one another. You have assumptions, you, you preconceived ideals and all these things. But the, and the sad part of it is it always, leans, like I said, leans to the negative assumptions. We have very few positive assumptions. We usually always, when we make assumptions, they're usually negative. But all of us are living in a world that is gripped with fear. We're in conditions that are fearful and those types of things. But God has given us the power to overcome our fear with faith. And you have to replace your fears with your faith. If fear is conquering you or fear is constantly, you're battling it, then your faith needs to grow. I've seen in the Bible where it's talk about little faith, much faith, great faith. So it tells me that faith can grow. And faith grows by the Word of God, by reading the Word of God, hearing the Word of God. And I'm going to ask you if you'd stand with me, please, tonight. Here's what I feel led to come and pray about tonight. I'm going to ask every single one of you if you would come forward to the altar area as a, as a group tonight in unity and harmony and connecting with one another. And there again, I'll start right there. Don't be fearful. Come to the altar. Come up for everybody. If you're thinking that's for everybody up here but you, then you're already dealing with, with spirit of fear, and we need to conquer that tonight. And faith is what will help you to conquer it. So if y'all would, just come on in here and gather around. Just come on in. we got a lot of room right here. I don't spit as far as I know, so you can come a little closer. If I do, let me know. Just come on in. We'll give people time. Come on in, guys. I don't care if it's your first time here. Don't be afraid to come in here with us. We love you.